Praise the Lord, everyone. Glad to be in the house of God and glad for what God is doing. I just want to know if there's anybody in here that can say that God has been good to you. We truly serve an awesome God, and I'm so glad to know God for myself. Um, we are continuing our series, and we're actually almost over with this series. Um, so we have about four more lessons here talking about conquering your giants. And the intent, again, of course, is just to kind of encourage folks, whatever your giant may be, it may not have been something that had been covered in this series, but understand that most of what we've talked about has a common theme, you know, and um, most of the responses, most of the things, the tools that we've talked about that you can use to overcome your giants can pretty much be the same. And, and guess what? You can find it all in the Word of God. So you don't have to rely on the series itself, but you can go to the Word of God because that's where we're drawing all of this. Amen? Without the Word of God, we really have no means of defense against the enemy, which means we have no way of really conquering anything in our lives. We might get the sense of feeling that we are accomplishing something or conquering something, but in all actuality, we're not really winning the real fight, the real battle. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So the real battle does not take place in what we see visually. That's the problem with the world today is they get so hung up on what they see with their physical eyes that they miss out on the war over their souls. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter how much you accomplish, how much you gain in this life. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how much material you gain. At the end of the day, there's only one thing that matters, where your soul ends up. Amen? And that's what it's all about. That's why Jesus came. That's why we talk about this whole thing about Christianity. That's what it's all about. The fact that Jesus came so that we could be saved. Our souls could be saved. He's not interested in saving this flesh. The flesh can't be saved. And the flesh is only going to desire after fleshly things, earthly things. Amen? But it's the soul that God is interested in. Amen? And so we have to, you know, again, I don't know why I got on all that because that wasn't even part of my lesson here. But, you know, obviously God wants us to know that, you know, he's in the business of saving our souls. Amen. So we got to make sure that we stay focused and realize that beyond what we see with our natural eyes, this natural world, this earthly world that we see, there's something greater that's happening. Amen. And what's good about it is we have a great opportunity to, to go to a better place. So rather than going through this life wishing and uh, you're hoping that we'll make it and just kind of tossing it to luck, we can actually do something to work towards getting to heaven. That's what God expects. Amen. And he's provided us so many things. And so when we talk about conquering our giants, there's so many tools in his word that helps us so that we can overcome, so that we can conquer the things that we come against in this life. Amen. So today we are talking about conquering pride and my wife is going to hand out some sheets, but I just want to, I want to do a little illustration. I think it might work. Hopefully I don't, uh, 
They don't mess me up. So, what I have in my hand is a balloon. Everybody, you know, know what you do with a balloon, right? You can put water in it, right? So, (laughs) I want you to come up with some statements that, uh, you know, because we're we're the best church, right? Right? So, you did it your way? Your way is the best way? I need some more comments, some more statements. I just something that, you know, just really pumps you up. Makes you look good. You know it? You know it. Okay. I'll go with that one. Okay. Now y'all give me some stuff that can kind of go either way. But I need some stuff that's blatant. Like, you know, I'm the best keyboard player in the world. Best singer in the world? (laughs) I can go with that one. Looking good. It was all all because of me. (sighs) Tried to get some more in there. Anybody else? You're the hardest. That's a good one. Anybody else? There'll never be none like you. So we got, I'm the hardest worker on my job, and then there'll never be none like, okay, so for those that's listening on the tape and you can't see the illustration, I'm blowing up this balloon. Every time we come up with comments, I'm just blowing up this balloon. So there'll never be none like me. That's going to take two right there. Now, if I get injured, y'all... All right. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> I know I look good. And what would you say? I'm so smart, I make Einstein look like Dumbo. <laughs> Give me another one. Y'all see how big this thing is, right? Give me another one. Anything you can do, I can do better. Y'all think that'll be the one? Y'all think that'll take it? Huh? Woo. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> y'all see how big this is, right? Now, y'all remember how small it was when it started out? <laughs> this is what pride will do. Right? So I'm trying to talk in the mic here, but 
I should have used the lapel mic. But this is what pride will do. Somebody want to tie this for me? Anybody know how to tie a balloon? Somebody said it's full of hot air. The more you think, I might be the one to do it. The more you think about yourself, you could possibly be filling yourself up with pride. Isn't it amazing that this thing started out lifeless, had no real shape or form to it? Right? And all it took was air to pump it up. Pride is defined as a feeling that you respect yourself and deserve to be respected by other people. But the definition that's probably most befitting for what we're talking about today is a feeling that you are better or more important than other people. Unfortunately, this is one of the things that is is predominant in our world today. Doesn't matter where you go, go to another country, you'll see it. You know, we as Americans we're proud of who we are. We're proud of what we do. We're, but look at what pride is doing to our country. Now, I got it. Most people say pride is not a bad thing. I always beg to differ because when I look in the word of God, pride is mentioned quite a few times. But every time, in every instance, I've never seen pride used as a positive thing. Now, to me, there's nothing good about pride. Pride is at the very core of ungodliness. First John chapter two and verse 16. Can somebody grab that for me? So, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and what? Pride of life. Pride of life is That's of God, right? So where is it from? So you mean to tell me that we have created our own chaos? Isn't that crazy to think? We again, we give too much credit to the enemy. The chaos and the trouble that we're this is what amazes me. A lot of people are quick to question God about the chaos that's in the world. When I find that when God first created everything, he created it perfectly. There were no issues. So 
So how did the chaos start? It began with who? No, it began with the serpent. It was his fault. Did the serpent make Eve and Adam eat from the fruit or from the tree? No. They made a decision on their own. She became filled up with the idea that it was going to make her something better than what God already made her to be. Y'all with me? And this is the essence of pride. Remember Lucifer, right? He used to be an angel in heaven. Man, he, he had a good job. Guy was a musician. That's the implication I get from the way the scripture describes him. Had instruments built into his, into his body. I mean, that's amazing. You know, I heard one person say he, he could sing all three parts of the choir and play all the music at the same time. I would love that. All I can do is just get it in my mind. Maybe play one instrument at a time or something or, you know, grab a couple of guys and let's just jam a little bit. But he had the ability, the ability to do all of that. And the intent was to usher in the presence of Man, it's like, just think about that. Guess what, y'all? One of the reasons why he's so envious of you is because the job he had, now God has enabled you to do. Praise, worship, ushering in. Right? Not just in the building, but wherever you go. The reason why Lucifer got kicked out of heaven is because he became full of pride. That's why. He wanted to be like God. Not not in the sense that we talk about where, Lord, I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to be holy. No, he wanted to sit on the throne of God. He wanted everybody to worship him. So it's no mystery then why when we see all of the icons in our society today that people idolize. Y'all hear the word in there, right? When you idolize something, did you know that that's a form of worship? If I idolize my children, it is a form of worship. But God is a jealous God, is he not? These icons that exist, they exist because they've been pumped up with an idea that there's something greater than what they truly are. Now, let me clarify this while we're still in the beginning stages. There's a difference between pride and confidence. When you look at the definition, we just we looked at the definition for pride, right? Pride is to believe that you are something better than others. Confidence, on the other hand, is just believing that you can accomplish something. There's nothing wrong with believing that I can accomplish 
whatever the task is. In fact, the scripture tells us to cast not away our confidence. There's a reward, right? Stay confident. And as people of God, if we remain confident, we shall overcome. Think about all the people that have accomplished things. You know, we talk about the movements that happened, right? Whether it was civil rights or whatever the case may be. People fought in battles. They did the stuff they did because they were confident. Those of us who are soldiers who have served, we served confidently. We trained, we developed our skills, we became confident in our abilities to carry out the mission. And as children of God, same thing. I study the word. That's why I pastor, you know, when they encourage us to read the word and study the word, that's what it's about. It's not to please man, but it's to build your confidence in the things of God so that you can, in fact, go out and accomplish what God has set for you to do. You can confidently face the enemy and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. You'll be able to stand. That's what Paul says. It says when you've done all to stand, don't sit down. Don't take a break. Don't retreat. You continue to stand. If God doesn't tell you to advance, you still stand. And then he tells you how to stand. Right? But you can confidently do that when you know what it is that's giving you the strength, giving you the power, giving you the ability to do so. Most people that are confident is because they've done some level of training and preparation before they face the difficult circumstance, before they face the challenge. They did some level of preparation. So, there is a scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs, that tells us, I'll tell you where it's at so you can turn to it. But it talks about pride, and it says, pride goeth out before what? Somebody find that for me, please. Pride goeth out before, thank you. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth out, or goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. It's only a matter of time. You continue to be filled with pride. You continue to follow that same thing that you're doing. You know, you think you're better than everybody else before finally. (laughs) Didn't see it coming, did you? Those of you who are watching me, you knew. Ain't it funny you can still watch something happen and you still still like, whoa. <laughs> we used to fire off the cannons for the uh when we would do the uh salutes and even watching it, 
just knowing they're about to pull, you still just like, <laughs> just make it jump. You know it's coming. But if you're not watching, you don't know where you stand. Pastor asked one of the things he asked in the leadership meeting. Where are you? In your walk, period, where are you? Right? Spiritually. Are you just going through the motions? And then you put on this facade to make yourself look a certain way? Or maybe you're just trying to do it on your own and you're really not asking God for help. You know that not praying is a indication of pride creeping in. Can anybody kind of identify that? If I don't communicate with God, that just, I don't need him. That's in essence what I'm saying. That's what my heart is saying. See, this is, this is why it's so important to look beyond just the surface. You know that term everybody says, well, you know, God looks on the heart. Yes, he does. Because that's where a lot of the issues lie. Now, the battlefield starts in the mind. But once it gets gets into your heart, it's going to take nobody but God to change that. God deals with the matters of the heart, but the heart is so deceptional, you'll sit there and think you something that you're not. And God is looking at your heart saying, I see the real deal. So we have to be careful. We got to make sure that the things we're putting in our hearts are the things that's pleasing to God. All right, Ben, let's talk about some elements of pride real quick before I even get. Vanity. Anybody ever, find, you know, know somebody? It was vain, just, you know, man, they thought they was a stuff. Look in the mirror. Well, I know I look good. Woo. Yeah. I got it together. Seen the guys that go to the gym. Oh, I know I got it. I'm strong. Look at these muscles. Y'all see them big old mirrors, right? So you can, you know, see the development. They want to make sure you got your form right. <laughs> Vanity, the very essence of pride, a form of self-worship. <clears throat> Somebody that's just stuck on themselves. Usually, if you find somebody that's vain, It'll kind of coincide with arrogance. A lot of people, most people that's vain because they're stuck on themselves. So you're not as good as I am. You might look good. You might be beautiful, but you're not as beautiful as I am. You might be strong, but you ain't as strong as I am. 
Can I bring it to church? You might can preach, but you can't preach like I can preach. Maybe you can get a prayer through, but you can't pray the house down like I can pray it down. Uh, you might be good at witnessing the people, but I'm witness to more people than you witnessed in your whole walk with God. You might give some money. You gave a hundred dollars, that's all right. Cause I gave a thousand. I'm just that good. Now, while I'm illustrating to you, this is what happens. This is what's taking place. Right? It's hard to communicate and fellowship with somebody that's stuck on themselves. Whether you in church or not, you, it's just hard to connect with somebody like that. You find most people that's vain, they got to have the last word. You ever call somebody in the most of the content of the conversation just with them talking? Every now and then there's this little alarm that goes off in my mind and say, all right, time to be quiet. And so I say, well, I'll let you talk. I think I've talked enough. It's hard to listen to somebody when you're doing all the talking. So then when you're praying, what do you think you're doing to God? You're used to talking to everybody else. You're the one doing all the talking. So then when you're praying, what you doing? You ever hear... You ever hear a prayer that goes, Lord, I thank you for what you've done. I know my life ain't right. I know I need, it to, I need to get it together. I know what I need to do to get it together. And, Lord, I know I need to go to church more. Lord, I know I need to, you know, read my Bible more. In fact, Lord, I know I need to just, I just need to live right. I know I need to do these things. I, need, I know I need to go to work and make sure I'm, I'm being a good example. And, you know, I, I know I need to do these things. So, I appreciate what you do. Amen. That's a good prayer, right? Look at everybody looking like, I mean, but if you, <laughs> if you heard somebody praying like that, what would, what would the concern be? Y'all remember those two that Jesus talked about that prayed in the synagogue, right? It was a Pharisee and a publican, right? Pharisee came in, and he's like, Lord, oh, I'm so glad, you know, I'm not like this publican over here. I give all my tithes, you know, I fast. Every time there's, you know, fa- I'm fasting, I'm doing the stuff I'm supposed to do. I give my offering. I do good to people. I give to the poor. I do all this stuff. Now, I'm paraphrasing, and it say all that, Brother so when you look at it, you're going to find all that. And the publican has one thing to say to God. He says, Lord, 
I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. And all I need is for you to forgive me. Save me. Change me. Make me what you want me to be. These are things that it doesn't matter how far I go in my spiritual walk. I always want to stay before God asking him to continue to change me. As long as I'm in this flesh, you know, some things you're just going to deal with for the rest of your life. Did you know that? Some things are just a matter of your own flesh, right? Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his what? Own lust. Where is that coming from? The lust of the, the lust of the, and the pride of life, right? Some things you're just going to have to battle for the rest of your life, meaning that this flesh is going to constantly pull, and that's why Paul encourages us to walk in the spirit so that we will not do what? Fulfill Obviously, the Pharisee thought he was something better because of what he was doing. It's a dangerous thing to think that you deserve what you get from God. Y'all saw that part in the beginning, right, where we read the first definition? Deserve to be respected. I deserve for God to keep me. I've been doing a lot of stuff. I go to church. I'm there early. I clean the church. I'm there when they have the prayer meetings. You know, I'm I'm doing all this stuff. So I deserve for God to bless me. So here's the difference, right? God promised us that we would be blessed if we be obedient to him, right? So we're we're expressing our confidence in the promise that he's given us. There's a difference. Than saying, I just deserve this. Because chances are, if I feel like I deserve it, eventually I'm going to get to a point where I won't do the things that he's expecting of me. And nine times out of ten, if I'm doing those things in the first place and I get to the point where I feel like I deserve to be blessed by God, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm not doing it to please God. I'm doing it to make myself look good. Everybody with me? Y'all okay? Pride is destroying our world. If you look at it, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. But I can guarantee you that pride is at the very core of everything that's going on. Someone else's pride can cause another person to feel like they need to be something else that they really not supposed to be just to live up to man's expectation. Superiority, a belief, again, that you are better than someone else. Someone said it earlier, you'll never be like me. You'll never be as good as I am. You'll never dress as well as I do. You'll never make as much as I make. It's amazing to me. And again, I you know, 
I'm sure you, you've all been around, you've been exposed to some things in your life. But it's amazing to me in the house of God, because we're talking to God's people. Right. And this is really to encourage us to stay focused, to stay on track. You know, we talk about conquering your giants. Understand, again, this is a spiritual warfare, right? Everything has a spiritual influence. I believe that everything has a spiritual influence behind it. Okay. Every bad attitude, there's a spiritual influence behind it. It's amazing to me that we can have folks in the house of God who can even get to the point of thinking that we are better than somebody else because of where we stand in God and forget that it took God to bring us to that place. So much so that when God cleaned us up and redeemed us and changed us and made us what he wanted us to be and we're on path and we're on track and we're now fulfilling the purpose that he's called us to fulfill, when folks come in that don't know no better, if we start looking at them like you are nothing. There are some folks who will not step foot back into a church today because they have had that experience where someone who was a member made them feel like they were beneath them. Is this all right? The word supernatural to me means two things. One, the natural part is me. Two, the super part means that there's God doing something in me. That's what makes me supernatural. Because of the supernatural spirit, okay, his spirit is superior to me. What does the scripture say in Isaiah? My ways are higher God is the only one that can say that because at the end of the day it was all God in the beginning it was nothing else so then everything that came into existence he brought it into existence we owe everything to him that's one of the reasons why we have so many other theories scientifically Because it's to draw attention away from God. Because if you focus on God, if you recognize that God brought everything into existence, then you have to recognize that we owe everything back to. But if I credit it to just an explosion, a big bang theory or some kind of organism thing that, you know, just developed over time, then it's just, you know, it's by luck, it's by happenstance. And so we can credit ourselves. And we have a lot of doctrines that's creeping into the church about looking into yourself. Looking within yourself. Now, I'm not talking about looking at who's in you. But these doctrines and these theories that's coming out about looking in yourself because it comes from you. You know, if you put your mind to it, I always talk about the mind. If you put your mind to it, you know, you can do anything. And, yes, you can accomplish a lot of things. But just your mind alone, your thinking alone is not going to help you make it in. 
Again, with the power that the ability that God has given us comes responsibility. We've got to use it properly, right? But I'm in the mess that I'm in because of myself to begin with. So obviously I need something stronger than me. I need something greater than me. A drug addict, to be delivered, to be truly delivered, they have to have something that changes in their heart. Who can do that but God? We watched The Passion of the Christ a while ago. You know, if you've seen it, you know some graphic scenes in there that kind of depict what Jesus went through, right? Had some folks in there in tears and everything else. When people left, it wasn't like they, their lives changed. They saw a good video, and they went on about their life. They had an emotional experience, and then that was it. But they didn't have an encounter with God. Hollywood is good at, at, at coming up with some stuff that just kind of just stirs your emotions. Make you feel like, man, I, you know, just, and, it's, and some of the messages are positive. They're just not pointing you to God. You leave feeling like you've just been, oh, man. Oh, I need to do better in my marriage. And that's a good thing. But what and who is going to help you to do that better than God? Marriage was instituted by who? I don't want to say institution. Everybody hate that word institution. <laughs> marriage was created by who? That's his program. So who better to tell you how to operate in marriage in that program than the one who designed it? God. My point is you're going to have to have more than just an emotional stir to have a life change. But if you feel with pride, you will never experience that. You'll never experience that. Another element of pride. I'm going to tie this together because I know I just went somewhere. In consideration, disregard for others. That's easy enough to understand. If I'm inconsiderate of your needs, I'll never be in a position to bless you. And in fact, I'm going to rob myself of blessings that God has for me. I believe the scripture tells us to prefer our brothers and sisters, prefer one another over yourself. You know, ministry was never a concept of I'm better than somebody else. I think sometimes people misconstrue the platform with the attitude of a minister. We stand on the platform, but that doesn't mean that we are higher than you. Y'all remember, you know, the stages were designed so that everybody in the theater could see what was going on. It was just so nobody missed out. 
when we stand up here it's not because we just you know we feel like we higher we just want to make sure everybody can see right i've been to some churches on just flat level there's nothing wrong with that and our place in ministry doesn't mean that we're better than somebody else now, God has called us to a higher responsibility. So what he tells the disciples, he says, those of you who are in a great position, you're the servant to the rest. Those of us who've been in the military, you know, when you're in a leadership position, you're a squad leader. Okay, that means you are serving all those in your squad. You a platoon sergeant, that means you serve even more. Now I got to serve squad leaders because now I got to help, you know, mentor them and make sure they got what they need. And I got to make sure the soldiers have what they need. Wait a minute. Now, if I'm a first sergeant, I got to I got to serve the whole company. And on and on and on. Air Force, I think, is chief master sergeant. Just want to put that in there because I know we got other services in here. <laughs> But the point is, being in a position of ministry, whatever it is, it is to serve. You know, I look at being in a position of playing music and being able to sing. I look at it as a ministry. Therefore, I don't take it lightly. I know that if just by me playing, I can set a tone, I can introduce something into the atmosphere by what I'm playing and the attitude that I'm playing behind. Now, if, you know, if the rest of the saints is like, oh, man, we want, you know, the spirit of God to move us, and I'm just playing worldly stuff, y'all don't know it. Because y'all don't listen to worldly stuff. Amen. But if I'm playing worldly stuff, introducing things into the atmosphere that contradicts what we're trying to do, it's going to cause confusion. You're going to have po- folks leaving like, man, I don't know what was going on in the atmosphere today. Just, you know, it would blow our minds sometimes. I-, I think it would blow our minds if God was to really reveal to the people what's going on in the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, We're going to pick this up next week, so I won't go over my time. But I'll leave you with this. Don't be full of pride. Don't be prideful. Let's take a break in Jesus' name and come back for the service. God bless you. (laughs) 